Thanks to our friends from Fort Worth, uh, the TCU Horn Frogs, and we're now joined by Stephen Timcox from the podcast Locked On Horn Frogs. And Stephen, how about the Frogs and their ten point win last night? Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. Uh, you know, it was a big win for TCU, and honestly, I think I, I came on here after they lost to Iowa State at home a few weeks ago, and I said this team's pretty much done. Right? Like the postseason hopes have been pretty dashed. They haven't really been able to upset anyone. I am the top four of the conference so far this year. I don't see them doing it later on this season. But um, that one against Texas Tech Saturday held on in that one. And then uh, yesterday evening just played really great defense in the second half. You know, scored enough, got some big buckets down the stretch. One thing that struck me, Tom, was they, uh, they dominated Kansas on the boards. I mean, they out-rebounded KU 47-35 last night. I thought they were big. Uh, Amy Lampson and Xavier Cork. Actually had a better game than David McCormick, which I would not have predicted that um, to happen. And as you sort of laid out there, like Kansas had plenty to play for. And I felt like coming off a loss to Baylor, obviously they'd be inspired. They have a chance to, uh, you know, kind of sew up the Big 12 if they could win out. And um, they left the door open now by, by taking a loss. But big win for TC basketball. Um, they should finally be in the tournament now, which is a big deal for that program. It'll only be the second time in 25 years they've done that if they hear their name called on Selection Sunday. So um, a good night for them, another great atmosphere. And yeah, Jamie Dixon and the squad, is, they found a way to turn this thing around. Only seven turnovers for the Frogs last night. How are they protecting the basketball, and has that been the biggest change in this team's game right now to put them in a situation to make the tournament? Yeah, I don't really know how they're doing it, Ward. Um, I wish they would have done it like two months ago, but they suddenly found a way to, to be much more protective of the ball. I think one thing that's helped is early in the games, especially, I feel like they're getting their offense quicker. You know, they're not plodding around and taking nearly as much time, dribbling the ball at the top of the key. They're moving around. They're getting guys uh, good looks within the flow of the offense. So that's been helpful. Um, but, yeah, they've just made it a point. I mean, some, some guys like Damian Ball and Mike Miles, who have been known to kind of lose with the basketball, have uh, tightened things up recently. And that's been the biggest difference offensively um, for this group is they're not giving up 10 or 15 points. I think there were some subtle things that Jamie did that helped as well. You know, they struggled all year long, really, um, having a short rotation with closing out halves well, like closing out the first half really well. And even though KU ended up going to the break with a one-point lead uh, on kind of like a mini 6 nothing run, um, Jamie Dixon was able to get Mike Miles and Emmanuel Miller some rest before that under four-minute media timeout. And it seemed like that helped them sort of keep their energy level up going into halftime. So that was uh, a big moment, too. But the turnovers, it's been an incredible turnaround. And, um, you know, I, honestly, like so many fans have been – me when I've done the podcast, like if this team could just stop turning the ball over, they'd be great. And I, I would say, yeah, but we're you know almost three months in the season. Like I feel like they're just going to kind of turn the ball over. That's who they are. But they suddenly um, found a way to protect the basketball, and that's been a huge reason for their two-game winning streak. Stephen, what do you think Lampkin's full potential is? I mean, like last night his physicality, even against Baylor, even when he was hurt, you know, he got injured there. But I mean, he's really coming on. What do you think his full potential is? Uh, throughout his TCU career? Well, I mean, he's a four-year guy, I think, Gary. Like, this is year two for him, and I feel like he's a dude that's going to play four or five years in school. Um, and as far as where he can go and where he can grow, 
I think there's a lot left on the table for him. You know, what he does well is he brings energy. You mentioned the physicality. Um, the way he rebounds, the way he plays defense, he gives this team a spark. He just always gives you solid minutes. You know, offensively, he's still pretty raw. But one thing that he did in the offseason, uh, he dropped 75 pounds. Like, he came into school, his nickname was Baby Shaq, and he was a fun player to watch, but he was hovering around 330 pounds. And just, I mean, to be frank about it, like, he just couldn't play many minutes at this level of basketball because he would get so fatigued. So he made a commitment to change his diet and change his lifestyle. Um, and that's made him a starter on this on this uh, TCU team. It's allowed him to, you know, have some more stamina and, and go for longer stretches in the game. Um, but yeah, I think if he can if he can learn how to score in the low post at a more um, efficient and effective pace, then he could end up being a really good college basketball player. I, I, I think moving at, moving on after that will be tough just because of his size and he's not really somebody that has. Um, you know, much of a, a, a mid-range game or anything like that. But uh, I, I do think there's a lot left for him to grow. But his the way he's gotten on the floor is by rebounding and playing good defense. And, I mean, that's something you're always going to need. So um, I feel like he's, he'll always be a guy that will get significant minutes for Steven, because of COVID, it is a back-to-back uh, with, with Kansas and three games in one week. So now the Frogs need to pack some clean clothes. They're headed to Lawrence on Thursday and then uh, Morgantown on Saturday. Uh, at 8-8, eight and eight, uh, do you feel good about where they are or do they need maybe to, to go get one of these two on the road? No, I feel pretty good. I think eight wins in the in Big 12 play should get you in, especially with the teams they beat now. I mean, I would like to see them beat uh, either KU on the road or West Virginia on the road to close out the year, and I feel like that would really solidify your chances. But I feel pretty good about where they're at right now. And Yeah, the schedule's tough, Tom. I mean, they've been on the road a lot and playing back-to-back, essentially. But um, I feel like, you know, I remember talking to Kevin Hoffman, I think it was last year, uh, when they were in the craziness of playing like every five days or something, and he mentioned, honestly, at the end of the year, like, the kids really want to play games. They're not interested in practicing. So I think that might be a good thing for TCU too. Like you're just, you're in the dog days of the season. You're trying to close out the year. Um, obviously you're not going through a lot of hard practices right now. You're just playing basketball games. So maybe that's been a sort of a boost for them. But um, I feel like they're firmly in the tournament. It would be nice to get one more win, but I don't, I don't think it's a necessity at this point. Steven, last night was the 12th win in six seasons over a ranked team under Jamie Dixon. Is he starting to, push through the door now and put his stamp on this TCU program? It feels like it. I mean, they had sort of a, you know, the first couple of years, they made the NIT, won the NIT, when they made an NCAA tournament appearance, and expectations kind of changed for Jamie. Um, they hit a swing after that, but they seem to be back to uh, being a contender again, at least, you know, to make the NCAA tournament be a factor in big club play, which is a big deal, and you know, he took a risk. He really turned this roster over in the offseason. Um, and it's paying off. Uh, so they found a way to turn the season around after some disappointing losses in the middle of the year. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Jamie, the, the facilities have been upgraded. They've made a commitment to basketball. Uh, I think the atmosphere at the games are getting better. So this might be a turning point for him, um, which is good for, for Jamie and the program because it did feel like they had hit sort of a lull. They've kind of – themselves out of that with uh, with a few big wins here lately. Steven, how confident are you that this team can make a run in March? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about Aurora. Like, I think they can win a game, and then you sort of see what happens in the round of 32, depending on what your, what your matchups are. Um, if they play at this level, obviously I think they have a chance to beat a, a lot of teams, you know, and just about any team they match up against. But um, they're thin. The rotation's pretty thin. The guard play has been better lately, but it still lacks something to be desired. Uh, but one thing they do well is they rebound and they defend. And I feel like that travel, that's going to benefit you no matter who you play. So, yeah, it's all about matchups in March. Um, I could see them winning a game, and then anything on top of that would kind of be, you know, gravy, I guess you could say. But I don't know about making a run, Garrett, but um, there's certainly, when they play like they did against KU and Texas Tech, uh, they're a really dangerous group. TCU baseball dropped an early one, but now they're on a six-game winning streak and, and getting ready to play Kentucky. Are you seeing this team start to come together as well under new head coach and, and trying to kind of just feel each other out, but really on a good run right now? They are. I mean, the schedule hasn't been uh, incredible. Like Nebraska, I know they had some high preseason expectations, but they seem to be struggling out the gates. Uh, and then held on last night against UTA, but one thing they have done more is they've pitched well in just about every game, and, and that's a huge thing. That's a good sign. I think that's the biggest reason for optimism right now for TCU fans. Uh, their weekend rotation has been good. Austin Craig has been solid. Um, and then Riley Cornelia on the Saturday spot, he's got electric stuff. A young guy, he seems to know what he's doing. Brett Walker, the transfer from Oregon, um, he just knows how to pitch. Like He comes out on Sundays and works fast and attacks hitters. He's not afraid to pound the strike zone. So, those are all positives. Uh, this lineup doesn't have as much pop as it did last year. They're still finding a way to generate runs. So I like where the baseball team is right now. I think that the concern for them is that, man, we talk about Big 12 basketball, but the top of this league, like Texas looks incredible. Um, I know Oklahoma State had that huge series winning against Vandy to open the season. They look like they're going to be a pretty salty bunch. Uh, Texas Tech has been a little uneven, but it seems like Coach Tadbox teams always start slow and then they get going and you know, they play with that wind out there. They play basically a little league field in Lubbock, and they just hit bombs all the time. So uh, it's going to be a tough a tough group to hang out and hang up with and um, hang around with. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the energy they're playing with, and they're pitching well. And, and that's going to serve you well no matter who you play here as, as the season gets going. Steven, uh, as far as football goes, y'all just get Rashad Samples coming over as part of Dyke's um, uh, coaching staff, and he's already interviewing with the Rams. What does that say about him? And how important is it going to be to keep him on staff from a recruiting aspect? I think it's really important, Garrett. Um, you know, honestly, like, I think Sonny Dice was a good hire given the circumstances and how things played out. But a big selling point for him was that he had built a good staff and he had Rashad on staff. He brought over Brian Carrington from USC, and, and Brian was at Texas before that. Um, so we had some young guys, young assistants that really got after it on the recruiting trail. You know, for Rashad, it's a good opportunity. I think it's kind of interesting that an NFL team would be interested in him just because he's more of a recruiter or he's known more as a recruiter. Uh, but he's a rising star in the industry, and he's still in his 20s, and he's already an assistant head coach. He's made a huge impression um, in the coaching community. So uh, I get why they'd be willing to talk with him. Um, obviously, he's a super personable guy. I think he'll impress him in the interview process. But uh, for CCU, yeah, they, they need to keep him on board. I think if – if he didn't even make it to the fall, that would be super disappointing. And, um, you know, Sonny Dykes has shown they can go get talented assistant coaches, but that would be a huge loss as they try to, you know, get some momentum for this 2023 class. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I was surprised that 
it's it's going down, or at least he's going to get an interview. But honestly, like, hey, it's a good opportunity. I can't fault somebody for trying to further their career, obviously. Spring practice just a few days away, and first one under Sonny Dykes. Uh, what are you looking for out of the Frogs in spring practice for this football team? Well, I want to see how the O-line and D-line look. They're pretty thin at both those positions. More. They've had some transfers. They've had some guys that have moved out of the program since the new regime took over. Um, and then, obviously, like every school in the country, you know, some schools, I guess, have it more solidified than others, but the quarterback position, Max Beckett and Chandler Morris will be battling about for now. But I, I honestly, I'm still looking to see if they add another QB, maybe after spring ball, um, in the mix to have some more competition. But, yeah, those are the two things I'm watching the most. Joe Gillespie coming over, a new scheme on defense. So I'll be excited to see what they're doing there. Uh, but I think this defense is going to be sort of a rebuilding project given the talent they've lost and obviously the great mind they lost with Gary Patterson. Um, but, yeah, spring ball will be fun. It's supposed, they're supposed to have more access to normal. Uh, fans are invited to come out to the early morning practices. And it looks like the spring game is going to be more of a scrimmage um, than just kind of an open practice like they've done in the past. So uh, I think there's some excitement around a new regime, and it should be fun to see how some of these solution models play out. Stephen, uh, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up on the podcast? Yeah, we talked about that big league in Kansas today, and uh, you know, getting into their shot samples notes, we're covering that. Get you ready for uh, March Madness, baseball, and then all the football offseason notes you can uh, handle. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys having me on.